What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? Jets fan, you guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only our gang's all here. We love it. It's going to get better with more time, you know, take take it into the offseason. Obviously work on the things I need to work on. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to come back next year. I'm excited to um, to work with these guys again, man, because we got a, we got a good group, and you know, guys are guys are hungry to win, and uh, they're going to do everything they can. We got a long offseason to to try to put all the right pieces together, put players in the best position possible, and I mean, you know, and try to take over our conference. I'm really proud of our group, but it's about closing this gap in the division and and getting into getting to a place where we're we're competitive every single game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. It's finally over. It's the season finale of the show. Jake Brown and Brian Costello here with you at Jake Brown Radio, at Brian Cos on Twitter. As we put, yes, the bow tie donut edition on the 2021 Jets season that ends 4-13. and 13. No guests here on the season finale because we got lots to discuss, Cos and an ugly one in Buffalo that, you know, we've seen some bad games this year, but somehow, some way, they put together the lowest amount of yards in this franchise's history. 53 was it, I believe, total yards against the number one defense. Okay, the Bills are really good, but my God, you were up there in Buffalo. It, it was a trek to get there. You had to uh, change your uh, form of transportation. You ended up in Buffalo, and you probably wish you never made the trip. I got some good wings in Buffalo, Jake. It was a nice ride Saturday through central New York and western New York. Stopped in Cortland. Haven't been in Cortland in a long time since training camp of 14, so I stopped there. So that was nice. But, yeah, 53 yards, Jake, is hard to fathom even. Only 53 yards. I mean, that's like, you know, some drives are 53 yards. Right. Not even that good of a drive is 53 yards, right? Drive Most drives are 70 yards, 80 yards. So and you take away the one 40-yard pass, Jake, and now you're talking about 13 yards, right? And five passing yards in the game. Now that's like, just so we're clear, this is net yards. So they subtract the sack yardage. That's why the numbers are so low because somebody might look and say, oh, Zach Wilson threw for 87 yards. How they only have 53? Well, the Jets lost 82 yards on sacks. So nine sacks, which is yeah. insane. Nine sacks, which is insane. The record's 11 for the Jets. So they came close to that record as well. Yeah, it, it was a horrendous performance by the offense. But like you said, the Bills have a good defense and the weather was really bad, Jake. It was really windy. It was hard to throw the ball. Even the Bills were having some trouble sometimes. But still, like you got to be better than 53 yards. That being said, I thought the defense played its best game of the season. They kept them in the game and they played hard. And I, I thought... These guys might be thinking about the beach in the second quarter, Jake, and might pack it in because um, the weather was miserable. But they they played hard, and it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter somehow, which if you looked at the stats, was amazing. If you looked at the time of possession, the number of plays, and the yardage, you would have thought the Bills were winning by 40 points. So uh, it's a credit to the defense. They, they, they played well there. I was also thinking about the beach in the in the first and second quarter and I uh, had to realize we had to do one final gangs all here. But yeah, the the defense played really well and over the last month they haven't been as unwatchable as they were for a majority of the season. 
you're seeing a lot of young players at least develop and show that they, you know, some of them should probably be here, maybe not starters, you know, maybe depth guys and backups, but they became a lot more respectable as time went on after the laughing stocks when they were giving up 45 and 54 points week after week. Yeah, I think you raise a good point, Jake. I think that a lot of these guys should be backups and they'll be good backups. And that's what the Jets' next step is roster building is to kind of improve these positions and make sure that some of these guys are their third option. And you know, they're going to have to play. Injuries happen. But the Jets need to build that depth. And maybe that's what this season will be good for in hindsight is – these guys, some of these guys got to play a lot and get some experience and maybe they'll be valuable backups going forward for the Jets. Yeah, and a guy like, you know, Bryce Hall could be number two, number three corner. Yeah, he's a starter. He's a, he's star. a starter. He's one of the starter. Yeah. yeah. I think you like look at Brandon Eccles. Like I think he's probably a backup cornerback. Elijah Riley's probably a backup safety who's been starting right now. Quincy Williams is probably a backup linebacker who's had to start for them. You know, and they can start when needed, when injury, but you don't want them to be your week one starters. Yeah, and they became starters on this team, and you can't even blame Zach. His four receivers was Jag, just a guy who had a great play on a fourth and yeah, five. Great play, touchdown. Yeah. And he had a one-hand catch before that. It was a nice catch before that, too. The play of his life, but when you're throwing – he was their one, and you're throwing a Mims, of course, who once again did nothing and just looks – Hey, he had a penalty. He went offside. No. Don't say he did nothing. He's in, the, <laughs> he's in the box score. He's in the box score, yeah. Everything else is zero. God, he's. I'd be stunned if he's back next season. Did you what know, Jake, when number, th- was. when number three – extended and caught the ball on third down on the sideline. Did Zero you know? idea who it was. Zero idea. Oh, I saw the name on the back. No idea. It was Tariq, Tariq Black, Black, right? Come on. Yeah. You got I mean, to keep up on your Jets, Jake. Who? Who? Into the Snoop Dogg? I was like, what? was he on the practice squad all year? Not all year, I don't think. I think he came in the middle of the year. But I mean, mean, come on, Tariq Black, Jeff Smith, Keely Cole, Denzel Mims. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. So I don't even blame Zach that much. He sucked. The one positive I know we can't really take any positive is another non turnover game. So he finishes with five games in a row without a turnover. That's something to grow from and something to take. And they need more playmakers for him. They, they, you know, they took a step this past offseason with Corey Davis. They thought Denzel Mims would be something. He clearly isn't and has got to go. They brought in some death pieces like Keelan Cole. Crowder, we'll see. He's going to be a Don't forget good. Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is a big one. Elijah Jake. Moore. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, he, he, he while, developed and, one. yeah, he's got to stay healthy. He saw Michael Carter. He saw good things from Tevin Coleman this season when he was healthy. So there are pieces there, Kaz, but they got to stack up this offense for Zach and, and get him playmakers on the field because we know Corey Davis is really not a legit number one wide receiver. He's a number two. So, that's something looking forward that the Jets are going to need. It's hard to evaluate Zach when he's got backup offensive linemen across the board and he's got Tariq Black as his number two wide receiver. Yeah, I think there's only two ways you really find a number one wide receiver, Jake. That's either through a trade. You know, we've seen that in recent years where DeAndre Hopkins got traded and Stephon Diggs, who we just saw, got traded. Uh, Odell Beckham got traded. He hasn't worked out for Cleveland, but he was a number one clearly that way or you draft him. And that's, I don't think you really find them in free agency. Those guys don't usually shake free. They're going to be franchise tagged. There's going to be a list of great names out there of potential free agents, but they'll probably be tagged or signed long-term by their teams. You don't let those guys walk out the door without getting something in return from them. So uh, I would be curious, you know, we just talked to Joe Douglas and he was asked, you know, is he more willing to trade assets this year for a veteran player? He's kind of hinted that he was, you know, that he'd be more open to it. Cause I think in these past few years, they've just been hoarding draft picks and valuing the draft picks. I do think they're now at a stage of the rebuild where it would, if there's somebody out there, go get them. 
and, and to be willing to give up some picks for him. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that future. Although the good thing about this season is we put the bow on this season. Eddie Pinheiro, eight for ah, eight on field you, goals in the Jets uniform. Did you get an Eddie Pinheiro jersey, Jake? Uh, we'll see. If they re-sign him, I'm probably going to have to consider this. What, Jake, what is this? For the last gang's all here, do you have a black T-shirt on? Uh, this is actually my – It's there's more to it. Eat, sleep, chicken, parm, repeat, it says on it. Okay, so all right. Okay, because all I can see was the top. I was very disappointed. That yeah, it's hard to show here, as you see in the camera. Eat, sleep, chicken, parm, repeat. So uh, definitely – a, that might be your favorite because it's semi-normal and it's, it's yeah yeah i like shirt. that one I it's like not a hoodie one. so uh all right yeah. the first cause approved uh jake attire ever worn uh and this one you could rock normally and it will be a nice little summer fit you you wear it to a, a beer garden on a, a summer afternoon and uh anyone but vegans will agree with you that they do enjoy a little chicken parm but eddie pinera definitely enjoys chicken parm i'd imagine because he was fantastic. Although every one of his damn kicks feels like it's not going to be long enough. I mean, I can't complain about it. He makes kicks. They're all so low and doesn't look like they're going to go through, but they do. So have they found their kicker of the future, guys? I don't know about that, but they found a kicker to invite to training camp for sure. So like, <laughs> I, I would think he'd be in training camp and there'd be somebody else here too. I think you always want a competition unless you have Justin Tucker. And even then they have, they have two kickers in camp. So I, I think he's earned himself a training camp invitation for sure. All right, let's kind of evaluate this season. First off, two straight years, Kaz, where they went defeated against the division. That defeated. has to change. <laughs> defeated. 0-12 in two seasons. Again, you win half of those, and you're talking about a team fighting for maybe a wild card spot. Like They have to be able to be, you know, at least Miami once, got to be Buffalo once. And obviously that plays on the division, got a lot better. Miami was almost in a playoff spot after beating New England. New England's in the playoffs. But they almost had three teams out of the division make the playoffs. So that's you know a sign. But the Jets have got to compete because that's not going to change. We know the opponents for next season, every year you're playing these teams six times. So if you can't win half of those, you're in for a long haul. So that's one thing. They have to be able to show that they belong in this division because the last couple of years, I mean, they've been a laughing stock for a decade not making the playoffs, but – at least we've seen them in the past beat Miami here and there, beat Buffalo here and there, once in a blue moon beat New England. they got to win at least two or three division games next year. But it's a different division, Jake, than what you're talking about, right? Because the division a few years ago was New England and everybody else, right? Buffalo went how many years without making the playoffs? Like their, their drought makes the Jets' drought look small. Like they were 17, 18 years, something like that. Miami – uh, had one playoff appearances in the last decade. They, they've been they've been bad. So Jets have kind of had company in, in where they were, and the Jets were ahead of those teams at one point, and then fell behind them. Now you look at it, and the Jets are so far behind the other teams in this division. You know, like you said, Bills and Patriots are playoff teams. The Dolphins were almost a playoff team. Their rosters are just much better than the Jets, and who knows what the Dolphins will be now? They fired their coach. Uh, lots of rumors about Deshaun Watson, so they could look a lot different next year, but. You know, I thought Robert Sala said it after the game. Like, we've got to close the gap in the division, and I, that's what the Jets have to do. They have to get they have to get closer to these teams in the division, or they're going to have no chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, and the Flores move shocked, I think, the football world. I mean, one and seven, and then winning eight of your last nine. Let's evaluate Zach's season. I think it was like kind of in different parts. You had the first part where he sucked, and he had the one shining moment against the Titans, that game where he improvised the Corey Davis throw. That was his one moment. Then the injuries. He's out. Mike White, Josh Johnson, Joe Flacco. You see all these guys. Then he comes back. What was it? The Texans game. He made his return in Houston. 
uh, right after Thanksgiving. They win. Okay game. Terrible opponent. And then, you know, the last three to four weeks outside of this, you know, last game, we saw him not turn the ball over, make some smarter decisions, use his legs a little bit. We saw him finally come into his own after that injury. So I think it was a weird season, definitely disappointing. And when you compare it to Sam Darnold's first year, Darnold was better, 17-15 in 13 games. uh, Zach, nine touchdowns, 11 picks. So it wasn't pretty, but I do think there were some signs in the end where you build a team around him, you give him pieces, like we said, uh, healthy offensive line. I think you're feeling a little bit better about Zach after the last month. Uh, going into the offseason than you were the first, you know, month and a half. Yeah, I'd give you that. I still don't think you feel great about Zach, right? I think you're still worried if you're a Jets fan that, like, the season wasn't great. And he did show some better signs down the stretch. I thought his game against Tampa was the best game he played. He looked comfortable in that game. He looked like he was in rhythm. It didn't seem, seem like things were too fast for him anymore. That being said, you can't. Be fooled by what you see in December sometimes in the NFL. That's if you remember, Darnold had a great December his rookie season. He beat the Bills in Buffalo, played the Texans tough, and and then dueled out Aaron Rodgers into overtime against the Packers and threw for like 330 yards in that game. Didn't translate. You know, Geno Smith had a pretty good end to his rookie season. It didn't translate the next year. So you don't always know. But yeah, like there's clearly signs that Zach is gifted and you can see the skills. You can see why he was the number two pick in terms of his abilities. It's just now, can he take that next step and can the Jets keep building around him? Because I think you see it with these guys, with Josh Allen is a prime example yesterday. Like the Bills have done a great job building that team around him. And that doesn't just mean wide receivers. It means the defense. Yeah, well, you know, we'll we'll talk about the defense in a second, sticking with the offense. One positive, the offensive line, Elijah Vera Tucker proved to be a pretty good pick. From what we've seen so far, George Fant, he'll be back. So there are some good signs here on the offensive line, Kaz, where, you know, a year ago we were a little worried about this offensive line. And Makai Becton comes back, Vera Tucker, George Fant, Vera uh, Tucker. Vera Tucker. That, that was a little, uh, little, was a little Dave Boston Gettleman action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, some, some hog mollies are up on the offensive line. and They'll probably draft one more and, and maybe bring free agent, get some depth in there. But that might be the least of their concerns this offseason is the offensive line. Yeah, and look, that it was a crisis a few years ago. And they, so give Joe Douglas credit. He's done better building that line, and, and they have some depth now. They, they, you know, Morgan Moses I thought was a really good signing late in the spring. And he know. emphasized that, Douglas, said how he wanted to build this team up front. And he, he has spoke. He has, you know, lived he still upon said, his He words. just said yeah. it to us again, yeah, so – yeah, it's not a crisis anymore. Uh, could they use one more guy? Probably, you know. And and the hope they're hoping that Makai Becton will develop and be you know be healthy next year and develop and be that star that he kind of showed potential to be as a rookie. Uh, that will instantly make this line better if Becton can live up to his billing. And they probably need one more interior guy, whether that's through the draft or through free agency. But I thought Connor McGovern had a very good year at center before he got hurt. So they give Douglas credit. Yeah, it's it's not it's not near the top of the list anymore like it used to be. Yeah, and this is all without Becton. I mean, two years essentially barely played. So if they get a full year out of him, that changes everything. It opens up holes to run. Speaking of run, you saw good things, Mike McCart. I think you got to be encouraged by him. Maybe bring Tevin Coleman back. Maybe cause you, you sign another veteran running back. Unfortunately, Michael Piron, we see nothing of him. His Jets tenure could be over. We didn't really, that was a bust as of now, along with Denzel Mims. But in the backfield, 
Michael Carter was a lot better than a lot of us expected, and he gives you a lot. So in terms of playmakers, you have a running back. Maybe you, you sign a veteran. Receivers, like we said, you need a number one, but you try to bring back Barrios if the price isn't too high. You got Corey Davis coming back. You have Elijah Moore coming back. And then tight end. Got to get a number one tight end. So really number one re- uh, receiver cause, a number one tight end, and then maybe uh, you know a veteran running back as well, maybe a power back. A guard, I put guard on that list. Dude, and a guard. I think a right guard, you, you probably need. Yeah, and I think you look at San Francisco, right? That's where most of these guys came from: Robert Sala, Mike Lafleur, John Benton, the the offensive line running running game coordinator, and see what they do. Like they just churn through running backs there. Like it's they have different guys all the time. They find they found Raheem Mostert a few years ago off the scrap heap. They have Elijah Mitchell. Now they're, you know, they had Tevin Coleman. They had signed Jarek McKinnon to a pretty substantial deal at one point, but they just keep looking for running backs. And I think that's what the Jets will do is just try keep trying to find guys any, any which way and bring them in. Yeah, and then we, we always, you know, you see the guy in the behind me, Dustin Keller, got to get a tight end. Croft was okay. Griffin was okay. Griffin maybe comes back as a depth piece. Maybe he's a cap casualty, but got to find either in the draft or free agency, go get a playmaker that Zach could throw the ball down the middle of the field to. It's been something the Jets have been lacking for so damn long. Uh, that's yeah. something they need to address in the offseason. On the defensive side, we said they get better, but you look at the numbers, 29th in the NFL in sacks allowed, 29th in the NFL in interceptions, 29th in uh, completion percentage, uh, 25th in touchdowns. The Jets were just really bad defensively and uh because they, they got to get a pass rusher they'll get carl lawson back so that's kind of like you know we always say trade deadline acquisition that's kind of like all right you're getting your staple your team back and we said and you know kim jones said that's when the jets season and the expectations change is when he tore his acl in preseason but you get him back got to get another pass rusher and this team's got to surround cj mosley with better linebackers and of course they need everything in the secondary they lost Marcus May for a lot of this year. LaMarcus Joyner, who was a pretty good veteran safety they brought in, he was out for the year. You lost him. So secondary needs plenty of help, but you're also going to need one more pass rusher and then help uh, around C.J. Mosley as well. Well, Jake, this just reminded me of like sometimes my wife will say, hey, can, can you go to the store? I need a couple things. And I'll say, yeah, I, I, I can do that. You know, And so I'm like, just text me a list of what you need, expecting it to be three things. And then all of a sudden it's 18 things on the shopping list and I'm spending my night at ShopRite, right? That was just that list that you just gave. Like, well, all they need is this. Well, and then this and then this. Yeah, it's it's grim on defense. Other than Quinnen Williams, C.J. Mosley, Bryce Hall, Carl Lawson, if he comes back healthy. And then there's some supporting actors like John Franklin Myers. You know, he, he I thought he, he was okay. But beyond that, they need a lot of help. And – this this past off season, they really didn't address defense other than Lawson and, and ended up not working out because he was hurt. So I think this coming off season, Joe Douglas has to focus on the defense. He's got to give Jeff Ulbrich some players. And I know people, some fans criticize Jeff Ulbrich. I don't know how you can criticize the guy. He doesn't have players over there. Like it, it's hard to call defenses when you have the quality of players and the and the experience of the players that he had. He had so many young guys in the secondary. So. I think, yeah, I mean, it's got to be defense, defense, defense. We've talked about this before. Uh, and one other note on the tight ends, Jake, as I'm looking at your Dustin Keller jersey, you got to give Joe Douglas some props on this one. Getting a fourth-round pick for Chris Herndon is just incredible. Chris Herndon had four four catches this season, one touchdown, four catches, and he got a fourth-round pick for him, which that's like a, that's a player. 
Like that's not a seventh round pick. Fourth round pick is a guy who could be a player. So that's a, that was a good job by Douglas. Yeah, and Joe's got to capitalize on this pick. This is the year of defense and all these picks. You have four picks in the first two rounds. The goddamn Seahawks had to beat the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. The Jets fall from 7 to 10 in a meaningless – Seattle, finally, their offense is like, all right, Russell might be halfway out, out the door on his way to the Giants or somewhere else. And here they are balling so hard in Arizona to beat the Cardinals and hurt them for the division. I mean, gosh, that is just that is so Jetsian like that they they slip three picks. They go four to four and seven would have been lovely. Four and ten is okay, but uh, it's also something you consider when trades. I know Joe just it said been, it would have been poetic if it was four and thirteen, Jake. Oh God, match their no. record. Yeah, exactly. But you know, he said that they have the cat. They have the you know the these picks to make deals. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they move down from ten and trade for you know a top receiver or trade for a safety or a cornerback, it seems like he's going to be open here to uh, – and you know we'll do mocks and, and preview the draft come April, but it seems like he's going to be open here with some of these picks to address a lot of those holes that we talked about on defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think – I don't know about the defensive holes in terms of trades, Jake. I think that more – you're talking about wide receiver possibly there, but you know who knows. Uh, it, it could come up, but – yeah, he's got a lot of draft capital. Now he's got to turn those into players. That's that's the tricky part. You know, everyone has a plan. It's executing the plan. That's that's tough and finding players. So we'll see how he does. I, I want to ask you this one, Jake. Talking about like results yesterday. How do you feel about that win over the Jaguars now? Because the Jaguars win yesterday. The Lions win yesterday. That means that if the Jets had not beaten the Jaguars, they would have the number one pick right now. I believe I, 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 the, I saw the strength of schedule would be the tiebreaker between them and the Jaguars, and it was the same on Tankathon. It was five twelve. So I needed to, I need to see what the next digit is in the in that. But I, they at least had a shot at the number one pick. So how do we feel about that big? goal line stand against trevor lawrence a couple weeks ago well i said in the time i said i wanted the jaguars to score there and i thought it was a mistake that on third down they spiked the jets defense wasn't ready he could at least try to sneak in there and get that in so you were obviously that day okay i couldn't remember if you were happy about the win or not yeah i mean i was happy but i was also like damn it i kind of wish they scored i wasn't like publicly like oh they should have lost and tank 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 because you know that's a losing mentality and you're a loser but of course, looking back on it now, you wish that happened. But if there's a year where it doesn't mean anything too much, it's this year. I feel like this is one of the weaker drafts, at least up top. There isn't, you know, a standalone guy like a couple I pass rushers up there though. Yeah, I mean, maybe they trade rushers. ten and move move down, or they trade up from four and and trade a second round. And I don't think they trade up, Jake. I, I don't see that happening. Trade down, maybe. I don't see them trading up. Well, who would have thought, you know, the, it wasn't that stark of a difference between Trevor and Zach this year, although Trevor chose to knock out the Colts in the final week and have his best game. I mean, what a game Trevor Lawrence had. So, yeah, obviously, I would have rather won that one. But anyways, you know what? The Jets overall this season, as, as we kind of grade it here, I thought there were good things to take away from the season, Kaz. But overall, it's still frustrating. I know a lot of a lot of us want to say, oh, we're positive. Things are going up. And sure, they're going up compared to the Giants, who are just a dumpster fire right now. And they're a mess. But there's still so many things that Joe Douglas has to do. And this will be the offseason that will be his tell-all sign. If he knocks it out of the park this offseason, cause he might be here for the long haul. But if he sucks and misses out on this draft, he he has sixty million dollars around right around sixty million 
to spend. So if he doesn't knock it out of the park in free agency in the draft, we could be talking about a GM search, you know, on January 10th, 2023. And the Jets don't want to do that because, yeah, the arrow's pointing up, but they were still four and 13. This wasn't, I think we said six and 11 or, or five and five and 12 was my pick. Five and 12. I think I said six and 11. So they still did worse than that. And I know we said wins and losses don't matter. But there were some ugly games in the season and ugly performances. So while there are some positives, four and thirteen cause is still four and thirteen. Yeah, I agree with you, Jake. And you know, I'm kind of I'm getting a little fatigue about hearing, oh, it's you know, it's not good enough, but we're excited about the future. Like it's just it's tough. It's 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 wait till next year all the time around here. And at some point next year has to come. And yeah, I think the honeymoon's over and they they've got to win some games in 2022 and not just four or five. They they need to be a team that has a chance, at, you know, at the end of the season. That that you know, I'm not saying they have to win 12 or 13 games, but it's they've got to be an eight eight nine win team when Christmas comes around. And and you're saying, okay, if this happens, this happens, this happens, they can make the playoffs uh, because that hasn't existed here since 2015. They've been knocked out by Thanksgiving, it feels like, or Halloween in some years every year. So it's got they've got to be playing meaningful games in December. I think they know that. You know, we'll see if they can add the pieces. I, I think that looking at their schedule. They've got some winnable games there, and they, they should be able to have a, a decent year. Yeah, and they, you know they play Pittsburgh, who will be you know, who knows who their quarterback will be on the road. Cleveland, who knows who their quarterback will be on the road. They play Denver, who knows who their quarterback will be. Yeah, a lot of question marks. And you know Green Bay, who who knows who their quarterback? You know if Rodgers leaves, who knows who? You know it might be Jordan Love. You're right. The schedule. Obviously, it's way too far to look ahead of the schedule, but it's not terrible. Not terrible. But, you, but like there was a couple of years ago, I guess it was going into 2020. You looked at the schedule and they had the NFC West and you're like, oh, boy, all four teams in the NFC West are good. <laughs> and like that, like the, going into 2020, you're like that. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for them to win a game. Of course, they, they end up beating the Rams, shocking everyone when they beat the Rams. But when you draw a division like that, Jake. It's like oh, you're 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 in trouble. You know it when the schedule comes, even before the schedule comes out. When you just see the, the list of opponents like we have now, it's going to be trouble. So they don't have that. The, the schedule is not terrible on paper right now. Yeah, and we'll see what it's they a long do way away. Course. But yeah. yeah, it's a long way away. And you know some no, some names maybe. The, the you know there'll be a lot of news guys on the go, and we'll see Barrios. Maybe we hear about a contract with him. There will be no emergency show. I will say now, if they do extend Braxton Barrios, so don't worry about that. Or they bring him back. May will be a free agent. Morgan Moses Crowder's probably gone. Keelan Cole. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. Joiner Croft Coleman. A lot of interesting Foley Fowler Cassie friend of the program. So a lot of interesting names on the free agent market. And with sixty million, you could target guys like a Dalton Schultz from Dallas. You can target a J.C. Jackson from New England, a Carlton Davis. These cornerbacks, if they went with center, or Ryan Jensen from Tampa, Diggs, safety Seahawks, Chandler Jones, pass rusher. These are all guys they could pay big bucks to and bring in here. So it's going to be an interesting free agency, and we'll have a pre-free agency show coming March. We didn't mention Robert Sala. What do we think, Kaz? I'd, you know, I'd love to hear your evaluation of him in his first year as a head coach. What do you think of him? Yeah, I thought there's a lot of good. You know, I think he's got a vision for this team, which is, you know, I think he's ex- able to express that vision very well, which is something they haven't had here since Rex, really, like a head coach that you knew exactly what his vision was for the team. They played hard for him. 
uh, all the way till the end. And, and, you know, even in Buffalo yesterday, their team, they played hard when they could have packed it in. And I thought the key, Jake, was in the middle of the season when things were spiraling out of control with the scores. When it was 54 in New England and, and 45 against Indy, 45 against Buffalo, he had to find a way to stop the bleeding, and he did. And he kind of, they stabilized and they played competitive games down the stretch. So that was a big thing for me that I wanted to see this year was, could they at least play competitive football against good teams? And it feels like they've got a good thing going with him and Joe Douglas. And now they got to find some players to go along with them. And that's the key to this whole thing, Jake. Yeah. And I think that's a good point about Salah. How he, you know, he got through those murky waters in these last eight games, like you said, in every fourth quarter of every game, the first half of the season basically consisted of two miraculous wins over playoff teams and the Titans and Bengals, uh, one in overtime, one in Halloween, one, one Zach Wilson, one Mike White. So it was the tale of two seasons. First half, two miraculous wins, a lot of blowouts. Second half, I wouldn't call them miraculous wins, but uh, two wins against yeah. two top three two picks teams. in the Texans and Jaguars and a lot of competitive football. And that's what Jets fans ask for. They ask for competitiveness. So I think he did turn the table from uh, what was an ugly start. They got to figure out how to turn competitive losses into competitive wins, right? They got to figure out how to turn those one score games in the fourth quarter into wins. And, and that comes with growing as a team. And we'll see, you know, where they go from here. Well, it's over, Kaz. You know, the team MVP, I guess the Jets gave it to C.J. Mosley, so I'll give it to C.J. Mosley as well. Maybe Eddie Pinheiro for his 8-for-8 eight eight <laughs> field goals. But I think we are the team MVPs for making it through another Jets We season. made it through, and we should we um, we should not end this, Jake, without paying some tribute to Don Maynard. Yes. for Jets fans of a certain age who listen to this will remember him and what he did. And Jets fans who are younger and maybe have just heard the name, go to Pro Football Reference tonight and look at those stats. Did you ever talk to Don? Did, have you ever I did. Yeah, yeah, he was a great guy to talk to. He was funny, uh, really good storyteller. And just and when you saw him, he's a tiny guy. But like the numbers he put up in that era are just crazy. Why? And if you can watch some of the NFL films, like some of the the, the hits he takes as he's catching the ball would be fifteen yard penalties in a heartbeat. Now they weren't calling penalties back then for hitting receivers. There was no such thing as a defenseless receiver in nineteen sixty six, and he was interfered with. And he, you know, the catch he made against the Raiders in the championship game before the Super Bowl is one of the great all-time plays in Jets history. And the Jets don't have a lot of legends, true legends here, and he's one. So, I, you know, I think everyone who got to watch him, uh, I don't know how many older listeners we have, Jake, but they have a lot of good memories of Don Maynard. Yeah, guys, 86 years old, rest in peace of Don Maynard, Hall of Famer, basically spent almost his entire career in New York Giants, New York Titans. You know, we always joke about the – Trivia, he started with the Giants and then the Titans and then last year, St. Louis Cardinals. I think uh, he was the first there. player to sign with the New York Titans. He was. If I'm yep. correct. First, yeah. first player and to sign with the Titans. You know, when young Cameron over there gives me trivia questions, a lot of times I'll guess Don Maynard if it's a receiver question just because that's a pretty safe guess because he is at the top of the record book for like everything in terms of receivers. And I remember having a debate in 2015 with a Jets player who was saying Brandon Marshall is the greatest receiver of all time for the Jets. Oh, and I'm, you know, I'm like, uh, you ever heard of Don Maynard? And, you know, and he was kind of like, Oh, you know, that doesn't count the sixties. I'm like, go look at the numbers. So I'm like, that counts. So I was like, Jets don't have a Super Bowl without him. So I yeah. mean, what do you mean? It doesn't count. The Jets are even more of a laughing stock. If it's not for him and his two touchdowns in the AFL championship game over Oakland, 
So, you know, they are nothing without him. Yeah, if you look back at his stats, you know, 1960, 1265 yards, 1965, 1218, 67, 14, 34, 68, 1297. He averaged almost 23 yards of reception. Imagine that. I mean, <laughs> Jets averaging a couple yards of play uh, on Sunday. He had 23 per catch. So a Hall of Famer, a legend. Rest in peace, 86 years old. As we close out the show here, Kaz, any off-season plans for you? Will you be taking a vacation to a tropical island anytime soon? Probably not, Jake. I went to Hawaii last July, and that that was that cost quite a bit of money. So uh, I'll probably we'll probably go light for the Costello family vacation this year. But we haven't even talked about it yet, Jake. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot, of, you know, the only off-season in football is. The middle of June to the middle of July. Everything else, there's always something going on. But it's nice that you don't have to worry about coach this uh, this week. There's true. no Black Monday. There's no firing a GM. There's no other. There's not a lot of breaking news here. Just gonna like kind of linger in the shadow of the Giants this week and let the let Paul Schwartz do a lot of work. See if I can just say, ah, hey, you know, you guys want one story today? Okay. Uh, you know, 300 words were good. All right, good. So, yeah, you yeah. don't have to worry about, you know, uh, a victory formation on 39 from your own four today. <laughs> here's a here's a peek into the Jets beat what we're worried about, Jake. I am very concerned about David Culley's job security right now because if David Culley gets fired by the Texans, there's a good chance the Jets coaching staff will be coaching the Senior Bowl, and that means a week in Mobile, Alabama, for, oh no! Yeah, it's not what I want, Jake. It's no not what I want. Sleep so. chicken parm. Repeat there. I don't know if they have chicken parm. I will not be making my offseason trip to Mobile. I'm hoping to go to the Jets coaches staff weeks, is there. You know, I'll pass. I uh, Phoenix, I might huh? do Phoenix. See a couple friends. Maybe L. I was trying to do L.A. for Super Bowl week. Who knows now with COVID and the mask mandate, and now they might move it. So L.A. is TBD. But West Coast and somewhere warm, and hopefully. A beach and hopefully baseball happens on time in March, so I could go to spring training and it would check be the most metsy thing ever, Jake. If they get Max Scherzer and Buckshaw Walter, and you're feeling good, and there's no season, it already was the Mets thing. Eight hours after he's introduced was the lockout. The same exact day yeah, was the lockout as Mets as it gets. Well, uh, it's been a fun ride, and uh, rest in peace again to Don Maynard. And uh, that wraps up season three, cause of Gangs All Here. Only for you. All right, Jets fans, here are your top five plays from the season, courtesy of CBS. Wilson on the move. Throwing deep. Has a man open. Caught inside the 20-yard line. Keelan Cole. Hand off to Moore. Back to Crowder. They got the two to the quarterback, White. Come on, third and five, Wilson. Boy, somehow escapes, he's going to run for it. First down, Jets, Wilson. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. 52 yards for the Jets. A lot of time. Directing traffic. Going to go deep. Wilson. Barrios plays it, a couple yards deep. Barrios shot out of a cannon. It's a foot race to the 20. Barrios is in 103 yards for the Jets. 
Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Alrighty, that says adios to season three and episode 99, the Mark Gastineau edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Andrew Hartz, and the intern, Cameron Zare, for helping me produce the show this season. Hartz, you won't be playing the drum on this. You played it on Blue Rush. So next season, we'll have to get the drum going, assuming Gangs All Here is renewed for a season four. You know, a fun ride here. I, th- I think we made, made it fun out of a miserable Jets season, and, uh, you know, we had some some fun moment absolutely jake and even putting together that last montage that you heard with the top five plays and everything it, it kind of brought back memories just think about the roller coaster of emotions that the season had between zach wilson and robert sala and the whole mike white thing and joe flacco it's, it's kind of insane to think about everything that went on in a matter of four months we were ready to get the mike white jersey i mean i was you know i was ready to order it and then he turned into a bum again and it was like all right he's not good so yeah you're right there was all sorts of twists and turns there are positives and again it's like the off season for us Jets fans is the season we've heard about these picks and the free agent and the money non-stop this is the off season where they have to turn that into a playoff contender next year I know the Jets probably won't make the playoffs next year but next season you have to figure the Jets need to go closer to 500 than they've been in a while and they have to like we said meaningful games in December at least during Hanukkah maybe not Christmas if Hanukkah is the first week of December at least have meaningful Hanukkah games you know show this fan base that this rebuild is going in the right direction gotta win like eight maybe even nine next season that would be the sign of a successful draft in an offseason well, I'll tell you, I don't have any major predictions yet. I'm sure that will come eventually down the line. But the one thing I will predict is that the New York Jets will be playing more meaningful football later in the season. The New York Giants, they seem to just be on a better track than the Giants are right now, especially coming back with Zach and the GM and the head coach. I like the foundation that the Jets have. Yeah, and if you said that before the season, they'd call you crazy. Now it's not even a bold take anymore. Um, we'll see my attire by the next show. What? what how many more new things? Now I gotta get. Still got the paper cup thing. I gotta get like a. I might get the long sleeve shirt. So you know, by the next season of Gangs All Here, my wardrobe is gonna be full of every snack in your pantry and every item in like the paper and plastic cup aisle of uh of your local grocery store so stay tuned for a tire and more video next season i'm sure there'll be more things on the horizon so stay tuned follow cause at brian cause follow me at jake brown radio brian costello andrew hearts cameron is there i'm jake brown that seals the deal for this season season three of the podcast our next episode will be whenever major jets news hits if there's nothing until march we will see you in march for nfl free agency thanks for your support at gangs all here go back listen to old episodes Give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating on Spotify. Catch up on all guests of this season. We appreciate them all for coming on. We're looking forward to an exciting Jets off season ahead. Stay safe, everybody out there. and We'll talk to you soon. Peace. That wraps up season three.